0: And we're live. We're live. Let's go. Keepers of the I K-Fig. am the Macho
1: fan, Sandy Ravage.
0: I am Heel Hugs. And we are the Keepers. The Keepers of the cave. With us, we're that. We keep the cave. We always keep the cave. <laughs> That's what we do. Or at least we try to. Uh, at least the third week, episode three.
1: Let's go. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're talking about cinematic matches today. We've seen so many cinematic matches in the last yeah. year. It's it's really been because of the pandemic, but
0: yeah, and well, we'll get into this in a minute. It's really been something that's become more popular because of the state of the world, the pandemic. Um, but it is something that isn't brand new. It's just something that's kind of being featured more, and people are talking about it more. So now it's more of a yes. thing, as opposed to in the past, there's just like, oh, this is a cool thing that they're doing. Um, it seems like it's going to be something that's much more used or leaned upon uh, in major pay per views or at least major storylines.
1: Major storylines for sure, because it is a major builder. And that's the one thing we're seeing right now is it can be the headliner of a pay-per-view. It doesn't mean it's the end of the feud, which is kind of what I'm enjoying about these cinematic matches.
0: Exactly. Um, Well, that was going to be my first question to you is, do you enjoy cinematic matches? So since you say you do enjoy them, why do you enjoy cinematic matches?
1: I will uh, hesitate on the enjoyment part of them because I never expect a true ending every time I see a cinematic match. Okay. Because the the whole point we watch wrestling is for the live aspect of it. Seeing the crowd reaction, hearing the response. And then it's, it's like a, a play every night. And we've kind of talked about this on our very first episode. It's just the way it revolves around all aspects of the two performers in the ring, the referee, and then making it to a point where you're telling the story at the point where the story needs to end. The crowd is understanding on that. And so the way with cinematic matches, it's going to be something that we've kind of more, at least our generation is more used to because we have Netflix and Hulu. We're not used to sitting through live stuff anymore. We want to be able to fast forward, see the cuts and goes. We don't want to see the boxes, the mess ups. And so the, I feel like that is the main issue that older generation wrestling fans have with cinematic matches than newer fans have with them.
0: I absolutely get that. Um, I, I, I'm hesitant to say that because... There are matches that I don't necessarily consider cinematic, but when, and this is why I want to get into gimmicked matches versus cinematic matches. I love cinematic matches for what they are. I, too, go into them not thinking necessarily that we're going to get a specific finish, um, but I would like one. Uh, my biggest thing that I don't like about cinematic matches, though, is the fact that I, I believe the way that WWE specifically has used them, they're not new fan-friendly um so when you think of something like the firefly funhouse match unless you really have an attachment to the history of wrestling like a lot of fans nowadays if they're brand new they may not even know what the nwo is which is weird for me as a lifelong wrestling fan to think of but if you're looking at it from a perspective as a new fan my wife watched that match she was completely lost she hated it she watched the boneyard match and she thought it was the greatest match she'd ever seen
1: and it's the same thing too because younger generation they don't know younger cena and mm-hmm. so, like, that is one of those ones, where the, especially for the Firefly Funhouse match, you have to watch that match, and then you have to go back into the realm of John Cena and figure out why, because John Cena had a lot of say in that match, and so that was more of a storyline for him, which is another reason why I like these matches so much, is because you're able to tell, like, this story that you couldn't tell in a ring, and then again, like, what you're saying the problem with it is you're not going to get a specific finish, and you know it isn't necessarily real in that sense. like, If you're seeing two people fight in a ring and punch each other, you have a sense that it's real.
0: See, and this is exactly where I want to jump into gimmick matches versus cinematic matches because that's not always the case in regular or non-theatrical matches where it is an actual like physical altercation that's not shot like a movie. When you think of things like a boiler room brawl, okay, this was like old school feud between Undertaker and, and Mankind. They're... Yeah. You know, eventually matches may spill into the ring, um, but they start in like these weird locations where there's extra, you know, things that may pop out or extra weapons or stuff like that. And it's like they have those early elements of what we see in a lot of cinematic matches but it's more of just like a gimmick style. And the other thing uh, that I just saw just today is they had that Falls Count Anywhere match on AEW. This isn't necessarily time specific, um, but they had started in the back in like a kitchen area and then wrestled all throughout the building, you know, until they get out to the yeah. ring and match finishes. And it's like, while it's not filmed separately, it is, what is the term that I want to use? It's non-traditional. The non-traditional yeah, I would-
1: matches. We've seen a lot more of those in WWE, too, especially around the holidays. When you get around Thanksgiving or Christmas, it kind of has those uh, food fight fights where they yeah. bring out all the KFC. We saw it with the KFC Rumble, like mm-hmm. you get those gimmick matches that are sometimes pre-taped for portions of it, and then they come out to the ring. And so the gimmick matches, they do have a stable in wrestling community, but I feel like the cinematic matches just do something much different than when a gimmick match does. See, but I like what
0: you say about them having elements of both, because when you look at something like the Stadium Stampede, that's a perfect example of 100%. AEW having a match that had elements of both. I personally enjoyed that match. I feel it wasn't a cinematic match, and a lot of people put that in the same category as the cinematic matches, but I feel like it's a completely different thing. It was a hybrid that was mostly just a non-traditional gimmick match that had very light pre-recorded elements, mostly just Matt Hardy.
1: Well, the th- I'm going I'm to disagree with you on that. I believe the cinematic match of the stadium stampede is going to be like the new genre that we're going to see because it took the cinema matches that we thought we saw before and it actually gave it meaning and gave it an ending which is what i hope the rest of all these cinematic matches come to because we saw it again in the boneyard match too with the undertaker and aj styles there was a specific ending which you hardly get in most of these cinematic matches that we've seen over time but the stadium stampede it was mostly it was all pre-recorded Um, And we all saw those cut scenes in the bars and all throughout the whole stadium that I cannot say it's not a cinematic match.
0: See, and that's the thing. Like I, I understand pre, so pre-recorded of course has to be part of cinematic, but does pre-recorded necessarily mean that it is then a cinematic match. Because then if you look at like old school wrestling where they had empty arena brawls, those were all pre-recorded. So were those just early precursors to a cinematic match?
1: I 100% agree. And I feel like it really took its peak in 1999 when The Rock and Mick Foley Mankind went in the back uh, – The um, what was it called? The halftime heat on Super Bowl 33, where that was the real true first cinematic match. And I can see what you're talking about with what makes a cinematic match from like we saw with the Boneyard match, then the Stadium Stampede. Because what we saw in the halftime heat match was when The Rock got pinned by Mankind – When Mick Foley, because the ending of the match, they're fighting all through the empty stadium. Mick Foley gets a forklift, gets a pallet, lays the pallet down over the rock and pins the rock because the rock just is stuck underneath the forklift. But when the forklift is moving down, you see a cutaway of the rock reacting to it, which is not what we would see in something like a Stadium Stampede match. They want to get the actual reaction to it. But the reason I go back to the Stadium Stampede being a cinematic match is I feel like they knew those elements were coming and they could. if it didn't work, they could stop set up and Oh, let's reshoot that again. And so that's the only thing where I'm kind of like torn between these two, but the stadium stampede was more of a hybrid, but it's the hybrid that we want to see cinematic matches take.
0: I do agree with that. 100%. I thought it was one of the most entertaining matches that I've seen this year. Um, I think the thing that I'm getting hung up on is mostly semantics. When I think of the, the cinematic matches, I'm thinking very theatrical. I'm thinking the Firefly Funhouse, where it seemed more like a movie than a match. It didn't have a ring. I think a ring is a big component to this. Um, it didn't really have wrestling moves. Like, people weren't actually competing. Um, when you look at, like, the swap match recently, it, it felt that same type of way. Whereas the Boneyard match, while it was, like, way over the top, that's another thing. I feel like cinematic, I think, like, over the top, like, crazy stuff is happening happening um, not necessarily like someone riding out on a horse but like supernatural things or magical or stuff like that you know what i mean like with the undertaker yeah. bringing down lightning and buildings blowing up um i see that as like the at- or like theatrical cinematic and i like what they did with stadium stampede what they did with the corporate money in the bank uh where there's a a, a ring where they did velveteen and adam cole that was much more just a non-traditional uh, like parking that brawls they did from the attitude era but it had some yeah. elements dexter loomis taking off you know in the car the
1: trunk yeah. yeah and then even then when we saw with gargano and Tommaso champo when they did their cinematic match all over the empty arena mm-hmm. uh that was another match that is literally that's probably one of my favorite one-on-one matches that that could be match of the year right now yeah. just because it had all those elements but it still felt like they would cut the cameras from different angles You kind of forgot after a while, and then you're like, "Oh, wait, they're not. It's not live. It's not this. It's not that." And so that's when it can make you lose your opinion of reality. That's when I think it's a it does it right.
0: So here's where I segue into my next question. As far as saying pre-recorded is is essentially. Uh, a big part of the cinematic matches with there not being audiences with there being pre-taped shows with there being incidents like Nia Jax injuring Kyrie Sane and an entire match being reset, things like that. Are all these shows then considered somewhat cinematic? Cause we hear about these moments where they're resetting the matches. They're, you know, changing stuff on the fly. They're doing reshoots or, uh, we even had moments where when the, the, the cameras weren't rolling for the commercials early on in the pandemic, where people just stopped wrestling during commercials.
1: Yeah, you're right, 100% there. And like this, I feel like you made a good point there. It has to have that film vibe where you're like watching a movie, where like when you get those cutaway shots that you don't. Because one thing WWE tries to do, even though they don't do it successfully sometimes, is explain why the camera is watching this. The thing with the cinematic match, you don't care why you're in the room because you're expecting Mm -hmm. to be there. And so when you're watching Raw on a Monday night, you expect the camera to be hard side. You expect these people to do these certain angles because that's what we're used to. That looks live. It looks like they're not um, choreographed everything. But Mm -hmm. when you see a bunch of cutaways and all of a sudden, um, because we saw it too, uh, the only memory that's coming to mind is when AJ Styles attacked Shane McMahon in the limo And he threw Shane through the limo and then they had a cutaway of what was saw from like the limo driver's perspective. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, well, why is there a camera right there?
0: Yeah, The
1: thing is that's the difference between the gimmick match and a cinematic match is if they do something and it throws your attention off, you're like, Oh, well that's, that's not right. But in a cinematic match, you don't care because they set it off from the get go that way. There's a
0: suspension of disbelief from the beginning. That's like I said, it's like a movie. It's very theatrical. Um, Now, when I also look at matches that are just kind of beyond belief, I think of things like the Inferno match. I don't know if you remember that, where, like, the ring is on fire. You know what I mean? It's not like you're in a cage. It's not like they're – this isn't something that was reshot. This isn't something that, uh, you know, really had a chance to to have failures because failure means you're on fire. Um, But I look at these type of gimmick matches, and I'm like, these had these elements of just larger than life. Like, it was a very cool thing, but it was also a very – realistic was a traditional wrestling match that was still happening right there in the middle of the ring in front of the audience. It just had this extra element of danger and surprise more so than like thumbtacks and barbed wire.
1: Yeah. Or scaffolding. scaffolding. I'm going yeah. wrong. I love those old EC, ECW matches, but it's, it does have that different element when you think of like, Oh, like, and a lot of it, I feel like it's, it has to do with the crowd too. Like, because I remember, if I'm going back to thinking like, is if now that I'm talking about it, I'm on the not on the side, but what I'm making myself sound like is every NXT prior to USA was a cinematic match, and yeah. I don't think that is true. Yeah. So yeah, and you're that, right. It has to have a certain element.
0: That's what I'm saying, and we had talked about this. Our friend Kevin has a podcast called Wrestling Review Society that we've been on, uh, especially recently, quite a bit lately.
1: Up on Facebook and YouTube.
0: Yeah, and uh, he does free bell giveaways. Great guy. Also uh, on TikTok with us as well at Heel Kevin and, one
1: HeelKevin1. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but we've had a lot of conversations about these cinematic matches. And it made me go back and look at some of these matches that I really enjoyed uh, as a kid. And, you know, it made me think of, like, Paul Bearer in a cage and how they would have buried alive matches. And you look at these buried alive matches against the boiler room or against the boiler room, bro, against the Boneyard match. And it's like the same concept, just completely revamped because it's not much different than what we had, you know, Undertaker gets thrown in, covered in dirt, hand comes out. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was built in the, almost the exact same way. It's just at a much more extreme than what we've seen. Is that just, time and technology or is this you know going to be the future if this style was around five years ago would the undertaker be retiring right now
1: i have the ultimate not ultimate but i have the perfect example for that for you because you're talking about right now the buried alive match we just Mm -hmm. saw one one of these last previous weekends at extreme rules the iphone i match would be if there was a crowd there, it would be mm-hmm. equivalent to those buried alive matches or the open cat or the casket yeah. matches. But because there was no audience there, do you think it would have fared better to be like a swamp match or a boneyard match where we can actually see an eye getting ripped out instead of watching uh someone okay, to try yeah. to struggle with it. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I would agree with that. I going into that match, there were a lot of rumors about CGI. So, well, CGI, but <laughs> I, I kind of expected more of a cinematic style match for that because the idea of like removing or extracting, excuse me, how they said extracting your opponent's eye just sounds like a cinematic match, like it just seems right. like something that begs a larger than life performance. And when it was a regular match, I was like, damn, they're just digging into each other's faces, just like this is ECW, they did this is new Jack.
1: Yeah, New Jack versus Axel, Rotten Like heads up
0: Exactly, Um, but I did expect More of a cinematic style match for that Um, Going into like the swap match Where you were talking about not having A Cohesive finish, I guess Are you more of a fan of the idea Of having, does it require a ring Because I know I talked about these other ones Do you feel like it should always require A ring in these cinematic matches So you feel like you have a decisive finish
1: it's hard to declare the swamp match. What would that be better with or without a ring right now? Because of the fact we don't know what's going to come to it yet. We're not the next p We're not going to see what the Fiend's going to pull out next with Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. But if, because what made, in my opinion, one of my favorite cinematic matches and a set of matches was the ultimate deletion matches that Matt Hardy was able to do in Impact and then later brought to WWE. Because what made those matches m- most uh, most over for me was the fact that you saw the Matt Hardy came out with he built it so well like you saw them building the ring and setting up the war field and yeah. then they had all they would tra- it was like a maze you went with them on the story of here 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 and it ended in the ring so mm-hmm. if you want to have a decisive finish there has to be a ring in my opinion if you want to build a storyline like how they've been doing with John or Bray, um the Fiend and John Cena, the, just building up the Fiend's way that he can manipulate people. I don't necessarily know if that needs a ring unless we need, because all of them have been non title matches or like non matches that don't mean anything. And so it's just like, eh, it's fun to watch. If it's going to just be fun to watch, I don't need a ring.
0: I liked a lot of the old school, like hardcore matches, where, or even the 24 mm-hmm. 7 title matches, things like that. Uh, you look at like, The backlot brawl from WrestleMania 12. You look at a lot of like the old school, just parking lot brawls, like bar fights at Tim White's bar. They got into a fight at the grocery store. Um, I like that, and I feel like it's okay to have an element of no ring if you make it clear going into it. There's there is no ring. This is how the match is won, and then it specifically shows the match being won. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like yeah, my favorite. Form of all of the cinematic matches, even almost more so than than Stadium Stampede, if you're looking at it as a cinematic match, was the corporate money in the bank, because it had those elements of pre-recorded Vince's office, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles fighting, but it ended in a ring, traditional style money in the bank, you know, even though there was a shaky ending, of course, that didn't end the way that everybody thought it would. Um, yeah. So ended in the ring in the traditional way of climb the ladder, grab the briefcase.
1: I'm glitching oh. out here for a second, but oh, yeah, okay, the, the money in the bank worked well for them. And so, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, let's see here. You Technical difficulties, are we back? All right, yeah, we're back good. now, perfect. But yeah, I like the money in the bank one because of that aspect of like, you saw them go, it's like, it felt like a video game to me because it's like, Level one, That's you're good. in the That's gym, good. and then level yeah. two. And so you kind of grew with the match. And then once you got to the peak, there's the ring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you feel, knew, like, I feel like when I see a ring, I'm going to see a finish.
0: Yeah. I get that. the uh, The thing that I did like about that, where you say it's like a video game, is like you knew this was there. This was what they had to do. You had to get to the top, and then that's where it ends. So, like as you saw them progress through it, you, it was almost like you knew the progression of the match. All right, we're sixty percent through the match because they're already like this high up in the building. They've gone up so many floors. Oh, they're on the rooftop now. Now we're getting into the end. Like this is, you know, it it signaled to you that the finish was coming. Yes. Uh, even though it was kind of like I said a little wonky at the end there in the way that they pulled off some of the stuff uh, I feel like as far as a hybrid goes that it was the absolute best at providing the uh, It's like holding your hand because for a lot of these other matches you you literally don't know what's happening This is what I want to get into with cinematic matches in general is confusion These matches lead to so much confusion uh, the fireflies Funhouse match, the Swap match specifically, I remember the ends of these matches, people having nothing but questions, not even understanding what really happened. Whereas like the Money in the Bank match, they held your hand through the entire thing. You knew exactly what was going on.
1: I would agree. Those are what make and break it because one of the ones that come to my mind, my least favorite cinematic match, even though it had a lot of funny moments, it was semi-fun to watch was the Viking Raiders and the Street Prophets. When they were that whole feud and that build up, like, it was good until the, like, I, when they were doing the Best Of series, it took me a while to get into it, I got into it, and then they had the pay-per-view payoff, and it kind of lost me, because there was really no reason for the end for it, and now they're best friends?
0: So that one I'm very torn on, because... Outside of cinematic matches, I've always loved vignettes. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Perfect's vignettes where he would always like, you know, hit the perfect putt or, you know, pass the the football perfectly. And you have these cinematic vignettes of playing golf or whatever they were doing, throwing axes, all this stuff. And it was very entertaining. But when it came time for the match, again, there was a lot of confusion. People were like, well, is this match over? And they kind of made it seem like there was going to be an actual match happening.
1: Did this match start? Yeah, exactly. They never even started
0: Exactly. And then, you know, they had the whole ninja thing, and they end up in the dumpster. And then at the end of that, they almost made it sound like the match was going to continue in the ring. And that was entertaining, but it was my least favorite as a match. I felt like it was just another one of their, you know, better than you vignettes that just happened to be on a pay-per-view.
1: Uh, yeah, hundred percent agree. Like there's there's ways to do it well, and you're right. They have to they have to walk you through it. They have to literally grab us by the hand and let us know because the one thing and we kind of breached on this a little bit earlier, you gotta bring in new fans with this too, because that's gonna be a lot of what newer fans are gonna want to see. So if you're gonna if especially if this pandemic goes on much longer without an audience, we need to fig- they need to figure out a way to make this work where new fans were going to want to watch it without having to know every little small detail. One thing that brought me into wrestling was the fact that there is a huge storyline going back to The Undertaker and Kane, mm-hmm. which was one of the very first matches I, re- I remember like watching. It's just like I didn't know anything, and people were telling me in my ear. and like That's good that you want to have those people to tell you, but if I was sitting there by myself watching it, I probably yeah. would have never got into it.
0: Exactly. Um, that's something that I wish... Man, they... maybe
1: not. It's Kane and Undertaker, so...
0: <laughs> well, just there... The, we've talked about this before, that something that I love, and of course you love as well, is the spectacle. And Kane and the Undertaker represent spectacle. And I want to touch on that in a yes. second. But what you said hits me 100% because I wish on the network. So nowadays we have uh, these pre-shows that really drill down all the moments that led to what's happening at this pay-per-view, okay? You know every single moment that's happened from the last month mm-hmm. about why Daniel Bryan hates them is for the last however long, you know? And when I go back and watch these old pay-per-views, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't relive a little bit of what's happening. But I wish the network would would have an option where like I want to watch Wrestlemania 6 I need to see a 30 minute Pre-show option Where it just literally drills down all the Major storylines and plot points that had Happened up into Wrestlemania 6 Because a lot of those old pay-per-views don't Have that you know maybe the Main events or the bigger matches Have that buildup, but nothing else does
1: Yeah definitely not They, they definitely have to do a Uh, You have to go back, because that's one thing going back, especially because I watch a lot of old ECW. Mm -hmm. uh, A lot of times I get lost, too, because I'm like, oh, what happened here? I have to go back to ECW Hardcore TV. And even then, like, you have just Joey Styles trying to recap it, but you get lost in all the small details. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one thing with cinematic matches that I feel like they'll be able to put in a trailer for it up until at least to make it kind of flow a little better.
0: Well, one thing that I wanted to touch on with the cinematic matches is I feel like it suits. We, we've mentioned a lot of certain names, okay? You you mentioned Kane. You're in gonna the hate
1: Undertaker. me, hugs. I cannot hear you right now.
0: Oh, you're fine. Okay. So we have mentioned a lot of certain names. We've mentioned the Undertaker. We mentioned Kane. We've mentioned um, Bray Wyatt. When you're talking about these characters, they're more of a supernatural character. Um, you're looking at characters that sometimes may need explanation. And they uh, they aren't necessarily if to a new viewer. You're not going to understand the supernatural effect of Kane or the Undertaker or Bray Wyatt. Why does he have the mask on? Like ex- end of Extreme Rules. Why is the water bubbling and all this? Like you don't get it. But in these cinematic matches, you just you look at it like a horror movie. And I feel like yeah. they they favor these supernatural horror characters. Um, the Undertaker. With his age, he still looked like such a badass. And it comes off more believable when he like summons lightning or the fronts of the building blow up. And it's like when you put that with John Cena, unless you make it really cheesy, where Super Cena comes out and he's just like flies or something, <laughs> you know, when you give him <laughs> him, like you you don't get that same effect in the cinematic matches than characters that are supernatural that can do these crazy things so that's why i'm like i look at the matches like uh was it bray wyatt versus randy orton where like the roaches were in the ring they like did the spotlight down yes yeah like that was so cheesy put that in a cinematic match where like they just had a ring in a dark room and there's literal roaches in the ring that would have been crazy like, yeah, we could still be talking about that today instead of talking about it for the reasons we are. that we're like, why did they put a projector on the ring? <laughs>
1: well, same when uh, I think it was the same, too, when Randy Orton was versus Bray Wyatt in the Swamp House match where they're the first person to burn the house down. It's like we expected a horror show and end up just being two guys rumping through a house for 10 minutes and then someone throws a refrigerator on another one and then they light the house on fire. Like it didn't have a payoff.
0: Well, it makes me think of like, and I don't know if you've even seen these matches, these are old, like I'm barely recalling them from when I was a kid. It's like the lion's den match or when they fought Mm. in the heart dungeon. It was like, I remember heart dungeon
1: matches. yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, and that's not necessarily a cinematic match, but like it had a story behind it. Like there was a reason they were there and it had its own kind of you know, uh, uh, emotional attachment going into the match. And I think about that type of stuff and I'm like, man, that adds so much to it. And I'm like, if you take any of these moments and just fast forward, you know, 20, 30 years into the future and add this technology, what they could do to build storylines in the future is just crazy to me. And that's why I say five years ago, if we had what we have now, would the Undertaker be retiring? Cause if that first, um, if that first cinematic match hit before Brock Lesnar, yeah would brock
1: into the streak yeah definitely not i would say because then or even like going back if like and if because Rock and mankind was in 1999 mm-hmm. say they decided to do one of those a year just because how successful it was like it would expand it in so many people's careers in, in a sense because we see so many of these guys get injured get hurt doing ridiculous stunts that should never been done like when we saw Undertaker and Goldberg at uh, uh, Saudi showdown, I would have taken that match in a cinematic match. We don't have to yeah. get these two guys trying to be what they were 10, 15 years ago. Dude,
0: I, you just said that. And I got like, could you imagine Goldberg in a cinematic if they just made him like action hero, Goldberg, just busting out of the room, not concussing himself, hanging his own <laughs> and just like smoke billowing out and him like a bull just walking out. And like, they could add so much to it to make Goldberg look like a badass. Um, yeah. He would be somebody that I feel like could really fit into a cinematic match. And I didn't even think about that. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to touch on, because it's it's kind of – it's a possible thing. I don't know if it's something they would ever do, but it's something they do in music, which is the holographic characters. I don't do you
1: know think- if that'll ever – I mean I see I can see how it could work because there are those invisible man matches um which is very popular in the indie circuit right now where there's one person pretend or not pretending but they go against the invisible man and they take their own bumps they do their own move sets and they go against each other and all kinds of different aspects and it's some of them can tell them in a very believable storyline the problem with the hologram is it all would have pretend to, it, it would just be too hard to make it look realistic in my opinion Mm -hmm. we're not that we're not that far away from that technology but right now i don't think we have it
0: but i'm saying do you so so looking at it through the lens of 1996 was like the buried alive matches and now we have the boneyard match Mm -hmm. from that so that was what 24 years ago or something like that so 24 years from now are we going to have eddie guerrero versus brian pillman
1: I don't want to think about it, but I would I don't know. I I don't know if that's gonna be disrespectful or not disrespectful because
0: I don't know, but I'm just thinking of like, you know, where other entertainment goes, wrestling sometimes follows. Wrestling is a trendsetter sometimes, but a lot of other times they pull from outside media. And you have Tupac concerts, you have Michael Jackson concerts, and those are very like beginner level when they got into the holograms and stuff. So I'm thinking like the technology that we went from to what we have now to where my kids will be watching wrestling one day, having their podcast, hopefully.
1: My <laughs> only problem with doing the hologram matches is then what's the point of having current wrestlers?
0: Cinematic matches, what's the point? They could honestly put on, Hogan and Flair could put on a six-star match right now if it's a cinematic match. If they could take 20-minute breaks in between shooting. and not have to take you know? a true bump. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they could absolutely 100% do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like in a sense where the problem I have with the cinematic matches is it gives that element of what is, what can we do to top it? And like you're saying, like the only way to top it is more technology, which the whole point that makes wrestling so great right now is that it's real life. It happens right in front of your eyes live. And so I don't want to lose that aspect. I'd rather just bring in these cinematic matches. 10%, 20% of the time, sometimes. We don't need it all the time. We don't need it on every pay-per-view, but we do like to see it because it is a it's a change of pace.
0: It is. And I I like the idea of saying you said 10%, right?
1: 10, 20%
0: most. 10, 20%. Would you mind if there was one
1: per pay-per-view? Or if do you they think mix it in and put some of them pay-per-view? on the pre-show. If they could be on every if it was like pre-show? if they put one on the pre-show. Well, I'm the saying, like I don't want like if uh say I'm just, it is I'm just to WrestleMania. Think what,
0: what cinematic would I'm just like the reason that took me back is what kind of match would they put on a pre-show that would be cinematic? Like I'm just
1: like R truth uh, yeah. in like a gauntlet match for the 24-7 title in like escape room where like our truth goes to an escape room and then gets locked in there with the referee and now like everybody's trying to get him, something like that. I would love to see that on the pre-show. I, I wouldn't could- want to see that on the main show. I could almost see
0: network like spinoffs, like network shows.
1: Mm. Yeah, like, that would be they're good just, too.
0: They're just a TV show now because, you know, like I look at Truth and Akira Tozawa and like the ninja thing, and I'm like, man, they could, they could have like a weekly episodic, like 10, 15 minute show, and I'd watch that.
1: Yeah. I think even like, if it yeah. never had like a true conclusion every week, yeah. just keep dragging you on like a comic book series, I would love that too. <sighs>
0: But also alongside that, like I'm not disagreeing. I'm agreeing 100%. But I'm I'm almost lumping R-Truth in with supernatural characters because he is a suspensive disbelief character. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Because R-Truth is the type of guy that's not like a regular performer. Like his matches tend to have a comedy aspect or a larger-than-life aspect. So I feel like a cinematic match kind of fits towards that because he's already kind of more of an entertainer character. Santino would have been great sure.
1: another one, and another one that would be great for a cinematic match. For, I mean, I feel any WWE superstar would prevail from a cinematic match just with their body, with the mm-hmm. way they can tell a story. Because another problem I have with some of these wrestlers in the WWE right now is they don't tell the story in the ring that well. They mm-hmm. won't go all out. They will forget the minor details. Uh, the punches will kind of get pulled a little too soon sometimes, or it, it just looks a lackadaisical sometimes because i think bobby lashley would succeed in cinematic matches but he's a physical specimen you need him in front of a crowd like that's the thing that makes bobby lashley pop is the fact that he looks like what he looks like and is able to do the things he does but personality wise he doesn't have that charisma element that the rock had or that like someone like aj styles even has
0: so I'm gonna agree with what you said with the caveat. I believe that you, you've given me a whole nother aspect on this because I looked at an age thing. I looked at it being a time capsule. Somebody can make a seven-year-old wrestler look like he can still go. But the other way you can look at it is you can take a wrestler that has little to no charisma, package them completely like they do in the vignettes. Everybody gets over in vignettes because they have the time mm-hmm. and the effort to make them look like a badass. If Bobby Lashley had one cinematic match um every month and then didn't wrestle at all anymore after that but just made appearances squashing people he would be the greatest wrestler of all time like you would just see this dude who's like he would be over like hogan because he doesn't need the charisma in front of the audience if he's just squashing but he wouldn't be like hogan but you get what i'm saying like he would be over i was gonna
1: the, when you say Hogan, though, that brings up a good point because a lot of the times when Hogan was wrestling, it was pre-taped in a sense. So, like, Hogan would do the match, go to another territory, go to another territory. By the time it got to the West Coast, they were seeing the match from three months ago, and then they see him live two months later. they're like, oh, my God, it's the coolest thing ever, even though yeah. he's literally doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It's just you didn't get to see it every night. You saw it once.
0: But I'm thinking like Brock, like if Brock was, the same thing as when you said Goldberg, like if you see these physical specimens, like I'm imagining I'm imagining the biggest spectacle character I can, which is Andre. Andre in a mm-hmm. cinematic match, like just imagine him just like crushing skulls, you know what I mean? Or something like yeah. that, like just something insane. And then he really wouldn't even have to do anything on TV or appearances other than just be huge. You know yes. what I mean? So like we already saw this crazy stuff he can do and wow, now we just see him in, in person. Um, but I could see that as a new way of them pushing people instead of just doing vignettes for releases or, or like hype video packages do like, I'm just raw, just do like a match. That's more in a cinematic style to just put over these characters and not just new characters, but established characters.
1: Yeah. I feel like it could, especially when they bring back these, this talent that's actually been gone away for a while. It's a quick, easy way to build them up. Yeah. However, I feel. I just don't want them to overdo it. There, it's, yeah. You can't do it for everybody and you have to pick and choose. And the problem is it would work for almost everybody.
0: Well, it makes me think of Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss. How they do their vignettes where they're like At the out. the gas station. Like, yeah, yeah. And they're just beating people up. And I'm like, that put them over to me uh, even without them having necessarily a match. And instead of just watching like back in the day, Ryback or Braun or whatever, whoever they bring in, Lars Sullivan to just come in and destroy three local nobodies in front of the audience. I'm like, man, imagine if they took that 10 minutes and made a video package of, you know, yeah. that same type of patch, but just in a much more grandiose way.
1: I mean, breaking the kayfabe on it. I'm sure like it costs so much money to kind of make those. And it's like, especially like where people like doing those squash matches you can just hire enhancement talent to come in for a night and then put them over. But you would just save so much people, like so many people's bodies and bumps. If we could do a more cinematic, um, I'm not going to lie though. Seeing something live or like at least not even being there live, but knowing it is live in front of (laughs) 10, 20, 30, 50, 70,000 people, it does have that different element. I just don't want to lose. But right now we don't have it at all. So might as well just go gung ho.
0: That's what I'm saying. And we I don't know if we talked about this on Kevin's podcast or on our first episode of the podcast, but we're talking about how they need to just embrace the non-traditional. You don't have audiences right now, even if it's not cinematic, just have more free reign over what you're doing, like the karaoke contest, have it at a bar, have it not in the ring. You know what I mean? So even yes. if it's not necessarily cinematic, embrace other aspects than being in the ring with a microphone because there's nobody there to see it other than people that you paid to sit there to see it.
1: Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. It's just like, this is the time to test things out and Mm -hmm. you're spending three to four days filming anyways. Might as well. I don't understand like, well, you know, we don't want to waste tape and script changes every week. So that's the only other hard part.
0: Who, If you could pick a cinematic match to see Who do you think would put on a great cinematic match in WWE?
1: For WWE, good cinematic match. Well, it's gotta be, like we were talking about, it's gotta be someone who can't put the work in now because if you're gonna wanna see someone match, you wanna see him live. So Mm -hmm. if it's gonna have to be somebody, I'm gonna have to go with someone probably like Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley, um, or even uh, like we said, Goldberg, but I feel like Goldberg's even like kind of too old to make it look super realistic. but even then, like I would love to see like one of those three guys go on against someone like uh uh um like an AJ Styles. AJ Styles is such a good worker, so I don't like he just yeah. had the boneyard match and that's what caught popping in mind. Maybe Randy Orton too. Mm-hmm. Um someone who but then again those are because they're both older, so it's like you don't want to see a lot of people taking bumps. Samoa Joe yeah. would be another good one who's like someone who's always injured and you don't want them to get more injured, but you want to give them the push.
0: I feel like Big Show, Big Ooh, Big show, show would be great, great because he is marred by injury. He is older, but he has that spectacular nature about him. he another he's got
1: Netflix show too, so like exactly. he's used to being pre-filmed and sitting on set.
0: I feel like that would be really cool, and I do love what they're doing with Bray. I, I like the evolution of what they had for Bray, so I would like to continue to see that. Except, I mean, you're going to have to just embrace the fact that when you see a Bray match, it's confusing. And I feel, yeah, I, like, I
1: feel like it's going to click sometime because Bray spent so long building these characters. And when he was debuting The Fiend, he was tweeting out all kinds of crazy, cryptic stuff, being like, I've been teasing this for 12 years. And then people would go back and find out, like, no. there's like a whole Reddit feed about why The Fiend is so perfect. Because Bray Wyatt literally pinpoints, old, like before, like they make new segments, like where Bray Wyatt goes after people for their segments. He goes in their history, and that's one thing I really like about it is the Bray Wyatt matches are ones that could bring in new fans because people, some people are going to watch them and be like, what the heck just happened? And they're going to want to watch it again, and they're like, oh my god, oh my. So like, it's Bray Wyatt matches are rewatchable, which is what I'm yeah. basically getting to.
0: I get to that. I think as we see it evolve, that uh, we're going to have different opinions in a year from now. Uh, we are getting more into this. We'll we'll put it as the new era of cinematic matches.
1: Um, Would it be the
0: undisputed maybe. era? It was one of my least favorite, though. Cole and Velveteen, I, I don't know. And I didn't like that one very much.
1: I, that was one of the ones I enjoyed, but that was kind of the first early stages, like going off where you're like, okay, we're seeing a lot of the Bray Wyatt matches. Uh, Yeah. It was before the Money in the Bank one, correct? I think it was like the week before, a couple weeks before. Mm -hmm. And so it gave you that element of like, oh, there's, they're fighting in a ring. And then like the, when they brought in Velveteen and the Lambo and Adam Cole in the truck, like the entrances were kind of new. And so it kind of gave us that new feel for it but then again it just became a normal match once it started yeah um, which is I, like why is there all these camera cuts when we could have just had a normal match
0: i did like the velvetina's negan thing that was pretty cool yeah i i do enjoy and i do feel like they need to find a way uh in this new era of wrestling to kind of spice up entrances uh, Cause it's kind of the same old thing over and over again. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing yeah. that's been a massive change. And I really, that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Adam sitting up on top of the truck and like, I thought that was super cool. That's probably my favorite part of the whole thing in the Lambo was awesome.
1: Uh, but Come the- on, that bump into the windshield was awesome. We can't deny it. Cage did it better.
0: Cage and Moxley did it better right after.
1: Well, they did a, they did it live too. It's like yeah. I, I remember seeing that too. I was like, you, you know, you know, Cage and Moxley were watching and they saw it. And Mox like, I'm going through a window now. <laughs>
0: just... But I, I think we'll have a different opinion in a year. I think we'll we'll have to see how they evolve, how they grow into this, like I said, new era of cinematic matches. I'm enjoying seeing how it's going. I've enjoyed talking to you about it for the last forty something minutes here.
1: Yeah. And i guess ask one last thing though like would you prefer gimmick matches or cinematic matches
0: um i mean i am going to always be excited about the gimmick matches i watched as a kid but i feel like there's much more possibility in the future for cinematic matches and i, I want to see more cinematic matches
1: i would agree uh, i do like a good gimmick match but i feel like we've seen so many now and then cinematic matches are new i want to see some new
0: I also feel like it's the type of thing that it's a trend thing. So cinematic matches will start getting over. They're still getting popular. And all of a sudden we'll get an old school, not a hell in the cell, nothing like just a regular blue bar steel cage match. You know, like the old, yeah. old school cage match. Uh, and I think that'll be fun. But I've had a good time. I've been, I've been uh, enjoying keeping the kayfabe with you, brother.
1: Let's keep it, brother, because –
0: we are the keeper keepers of the cave. Right. where whether it's real or fake, we always we keep, keep the
1: cave. I like how you came <laughs> up we're with so the good. Well, I know, I know, it's still great. we're still working on it.
0: But uh, I am heel hugs. You can find me on TikTok, YouTube, all that fun stuff. My partner in crime
1: is the Macho Fan Sandy Ravage. You can find me at this moniker here at all social medias. And this has been a great episode. I really enjoyed talking to you too, Hug. So uh, I can't wait for us to talk, what we're gonna talk about next. I don't even know, do you have an idea? I have lots of
0: ideas, but I'd like to know what your idea is. If you're listening to this right now, let us know in the comment section down below what you would like us to talk about on the podcast. It's our podcast. We'll talk about what we want, but maybe we'll talk about what you want. Let us know what you thought about cinematic matches. Let us know what you think about gimmick matches. What is your favorite cinematic or gimmick match? And uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about that next time, but thanks for watching. All right, me, guys. As for us, it has been too sweet.
1: Ha! <laughs> Let's see how it go. Love you guys. See you guys.